With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the kingdom of God according to his sovereign will for mankind to remain in his covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment Inc. that you will direct us, God, that you will speak, God, out of your word, Father. 
And that revelation knowledge will come to those that hear God, that you will give them a greater understanding and a greater uh, desire to want to hear your word, Father. God, I ask you, Lord, to let your word help them, Lord God. But you said, God, your word goes out and will perform what you want it to perform. So, God, we, we know that you are in the midst, as long as we call out on your name, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for all things, God. We thank you, God, for assembling us together. God, giving us a desire to want to do what you ask us to do. And, God, with a joyful heart, Father. We ask, God, that you would open the eyes of un- the, your people's eyes of understanding, God. And, God, I ask you to, to give them a heart to stand before you and ask, God, anything that they need, God. You said we have not because we ask not. Father, we have no, we do not have to lack, God, for you are God of abundance, Lord. Father, God, we ask you, Lord God, that all understanding comes from the throne room of God. So, Lord, we ask that the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge and wisdom, will be enhanced. For God, you said you came to give us life and life more abundantly, God. And we know, God, that out of your word is the abundance. The more we learn of you, the more we will live in an abundant and victorious life. Father, you desire that your people live in, victor- in victory, God. You gave it to us, Father. Jesus, Jesus suffered much on, on his way to the cross. But victory was given, God, when he came off that cross. Lord, we thank you, God, that we have access to that word, God. So let your people have a desire, God, to seek your word, to seek you and diligently, God. And God, to praise you, Lord Father. We ask that those that praise you, God, will praise you in a depthness, in a new depthness. We're praying for a new depthness in the word and a more height in it, God, to another realm, God. But you said from glory to glory to strength to strength. And God, there is strength in different dimensions. And there's God glory in different dimensions, God, and understanding, Father. We pray, God, that your people will seek you, Lord, no matter what, God. And God, that they will not look at them circumstances, but they'll look to the hill which their help cometh from, God. We pray these things and believe them, God, because your word said, you said to believe in you. God, so we're coming together because we believe in this word, Father. We believe in you, and we believe that your word performs the perfect work within us, Lord. So, Lord, we lift up your people, and we ask, God, that you will be in the midst of us, God, and that your power and your enlightenment, God, will come through, God. And, Lord, it will be a benefit to those that hear, Father, in the name of Jesus, God. And, Father, we pray that which needs to be torn down, God, that those are crying out to you, God, to be delivered of things, Lord, that they be delivered, God, that these things be destroyed, and, God, that you will be the... uh, the potter, and they will place themselves onto that wheel, God, and be and be made whole, God, and that you will take out the, the impurities, God, because, God, you desire for your people to be made whole. And we pray in Jesus' name, believing, God, in the divine word, Father, believing in your love that covers us and keeps us, God, in those midnight hours, all through the day, God, no matter what we may face, God, your love encamps about around us, Lord. So, God, we come in full faith, Father, as your children, sitting 
at the master's feet, God. For God, we know your word is holy and pure. Lord, in the spirit of truth, speak this hour, God, in a way that it's never, God, that we have never heard it, Father. We ask you, Lord, Father, you said, God, to ask. And, Lord, we knock on your door, Father. Because we desire to know more, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we call it done. Amen. Amen. Hello? Um, Is that? Amen. Last week we talked about destructive doctrine um, in 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3, and the doom of false teachers in 2 Peter 2, verses 4 through 11. And this week, again, we're going to be talking about depravity of false teachers coming out of 2 Peter 2 verses 12 through 17, and the deception of false teachers, 2 Peter 2, verses 18 through 22. And I'll also be interjecting a little bit of uh, 2 Peter 3. The reason why I'm touching, we're touching on this part for the end times, the last days, Jesus said in Matthew 24 that there will be many uh, false prophets and um, those that will be coming out and saying that they are the Christ which meaning uh, they will be coming out and saying they are the anointed. So we're going to um, touch on what these false prophets, their characteristics, what what is it like, what, uh, the, according to the word of God. So I'm going to start from verse 12, reading in Second Peter 2, and it says, But these, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, Speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they count, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery. And they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and and heart. They have exercised with covetous, covetous practice, practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bazal, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with the man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without waters, clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, them themselves are the servants of corruption. For whom a man is overcome of the same, he is brought in bondage. For 
For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse when the, with them when, than the beginning. Wow. For it had been better if they, if they, for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb that the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been reading there, Second uh, Peter, chapter two, verses uh, twelve through twenty-two. Um, Sister Spencer, please share what the Lord have given you and um, what we just read there. Well, I just love it where you know, like we've been talking about uh, over the last week or over the past few weeks, how God is. Uh, making it very plain that, well, it looks it looks like Peter here is reminding us that, you know, that in the many uh, in the many ways he's reminding us of the many ways that God has dealt with uh, his righteous people and the rem- remnants of his righteous people in the past, just like the ancient world and his wickedness was destroyed by the flood and Noah was being saved. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, be an example of God's judgment. I, th- I believe we talked about that. You know, even though we're not inclined to see it at first, the success of false teaching, and when we think about the ever-increasing immorality of those who um, heed those doctrines, God makes it plain that the, those that he will punish those who will not acknowledge him in his life by turning, if, if they don't turn from their ways and turn to sin. I know that we talked about uh, last week about how that there were many false prophets in the presence of false teachers and that they were even denying the Lord who bought them. So when we think about this, uh, we look at verse, I believe it is one, not not one, but um, I'm sorry, let me go back through here. Well, anyway, it talks about how that there will be many who will follow their ways. And when we think about it, that reminds us that, you know, false teachers might be popular. You know, if it's telling us that many will follow their destructive ways, just because somebody is succeeding in something or attracting a large crowd of people, it doesn't mean that it's of God. So we know that God's work will always bear fruit, but the devil's work can also increase too. So when we think about false teachers, they always have been and they will always be among us until the Lord comes. But I guess the most distressing fact to me in reading this, and I believe it's verse 1, where it talks about many will follow their ways. When we think about, you know, God is keeping false teachers under punishment until the day of judgment. When we look at Second Peter uh, chapter two verses nine, you know, people Peter faced and the apostles faced uh, people that were denying Christ is coming again, but and, and those who were denying Jesus. So when we think about it, God's judgments on the angels through the flood and on Sodom and Gomorrah, they all serve as 
types of final judgment that will come upon those who fought, who deny Jesus. And if those earlier judgments were unbearable, how much worse will it be for the eternal fires of hell for those who choose to pervert God's truth? So the God keeps the keeps us a remnant safe. It talks about here that God knows how to deliver us out of trial and know how to deliver us out of that. So while those of us with true faith will never lose out on salvation, it just reminds us that if we persist in disobedience, that it makes us, it makes it difficult for us and that we will be judged. And, you know, I was just, just going through uh, the chapters today and it just reminded me of how, you know, how important, I believe, Minister Belinda was talking about this last week, how important it is for us to know the word of God. You know, we should know the truth and not just hearsay. If somebody warns us about false teachers, we should look into it, you know, to to validate his or her warning. Don't just blindly believe what people teach us. We know that God loves truth and he hates slanders and lies, but the best way to uh, combat false teachers and false teachings is to be able to know the word of God. Amen. Absolutely. And and even as importantly, you know, Jesus importantly is that God said that the word will be written upon the throne of our heart. The word of God will be written upon our throne of heart throne of our heart. So if it is written upon the throne of our heart, then we if we allow it to be written upon the throne of our heart, because we also have to play a role in it by reading it and allowing it to breathe in us. And, and, and for that to happen, we have to accept his word. We have to accept it and acknowledge it that it is truth. And mostly, most of all, that Jesus did, God did come in the flesh through his son, Yahshua HaMashiach, that we might know him. And if we get to to those basic points, we can begin to allow the word to uh, become our direction and and everything in life. So when we look at it, at uh, no matter where we are, whether we or have the Bible to pick it up, because there will, may be some days that you may not be able to get to your Bible. But if the word of God is ingrained in you, you will have a balance with God. And you'll be able to talk to God by his word, and he will be able to commune with you by his word. So we need the word of God as our uttermost guide to life. We pick up all kind of guides, how to, use, how to use the microwave. We watch so many videos, how to do this, how to do that. But we fail to pick up the most important one, how are we to be uh, effective in the things of God as a child of God, as a covenant child of God. And and that's going to be very key in these in the last days. Very key. Now, um Minister Belinda, one of the uh things that uh really stood out to me in this uh verse twelve when when um second Peter it said, you know, it talks about the, the brute brute beast. Um, it wow! It talks about root beat, <laughs> and and you know, I, I said let me let me just look at the 
definition of this is said, but there but these as natural broken and destroy speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. You know what that that looks like to me is like, you know, we see that now. A lot of people they don't know the word of God, but they go out and they speak about the Holy Spirit. They don't know the word of God, and they go out and they speak and say, oh, this person has the Holy Ghost, that person don't have the Holy Ghost. They go out and they, they, they don't know the word of God, and they say, oh, this person really, they, they're, they're a prophet. They don't know the word of God, and they go out and they say, oh, this man is a, a, a woman is an apostle. They go out and don't know the word of God, and they say, this person, they're, they're a teacher, and they're really teaching the word of God, but they never really pick up the Bible themselves to know. You know, um, mm-hmm. so we the Bible is saying that there's these uh, brute beasts out there, though, and um, they they talk about things that they know not. They They speak about things constantly. That they know not, and when I I decided to look up what is this definition, I, I just want to look at this King James Dictionary version. It says, uh, it says, a a beast, an animal destitute of reason, an animal destitute of reason. In other words, having no reasoning. Uh, and of course, the word comprehends all animals except man, but. It is applied mostly to larger beasts. And then it says, a brutal person, a savage in heart or manners, and then a low-bred, unfeeling man. A low-bred, unfeeling man. And I guess we can apply that to woman, too. So, um, mm-hmm. in other words, you know, when we look at this uh Second Peter two. When when we read this again, we can we can also assume that this person, when they're doing all of these things and talking about things of the Bible, when they really don't have any consciousness of it, um, they're just doing just doing it without even knowing the Word of God and 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 uh, mocking and doing all of these things, you know, to people who are genuinely teaching the word of God or sharing the word of God. Um, I'm going to read it again, but these are as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they know, understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they, they count it pleasure to riot in the day in the daytime. So that means that they don't even hide themselves in the night. They just come out in the daytime and they make sport of uh, sport of the the uh uh the things of God. Make sport of it like it's nothing. It doesn't matter. They mock it and uh make relish of it. Uh what do you what do you say about that, Minister Balin? Because it says uh but these are natural beasts. And that's flesh. So when we walk in spirit, we are like beasts. And if you ever sit under the spirit of God, because God divides what's rightfully right or false, mm-hmm. the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, he says, will lead you in all truths. Okay? Mm-hmm. So abide in that spirit. 
like Sister Donna says and, and Sister Tyler, you have to humble yourself and then come ask God to to open that word to you, to 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 give you that word. And then you have to ask him to, to put it in your heart where it can't be taken. You know, you have to pray daily. But if you turn around and this is talking about false prophets, false teachers, whatever, and people that sit amongst it and begin to take on that spirit and they mm. become cool. Okay. Wow. But the first initial thing is that they have turned away from truth. Mm. They're not in themselves. And, and he said, my thoughts, my ways are not yours. So how can you, you, if you're not turning to God, you're becoming like a beast. And if you watch somebody that God uncovers to you, yeah, they can speak scripture, but they're mm. not real. They're false underneath. And the more they walk in it, they will actually become like brute beasts and having mm. no conscience to do right. They pleasure in corruption. They become vile, unclean, and they become uh, uh, just, you know, they have no conscience. They don't care what they do in the light. He said, you know, he said, uh, what's that scripture that uh, 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 talks about the day mm-hmm. while it is, you can't work while it's night. But now mm-hmm. they're not even at night. They're, they're walking out in the day. Coming out in the open. Mm. In the open with it. And they do not hide it. They openly mm-hmm. take pleasure in, and it's their own destruction. Mm. Because darkness comes to, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Just like God's word is powerful and real, the enemy is too if you're not covered with the blood and with the truth and the knowledge and the wisdom of God. You are open for destruction. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. in it. And, oh, I mean, you will see them. They, they will openly... It's like, oh, I want to use the word. I've seen it from the pulpit where they openly become violent with God's word. If there's somebody that is speaking God's word, know they're living by it, they become offensive to them. And it's like a brute, a beast. Mm-hmm. The evilness that pours out of their mouth. Can Can you back up there a little bit? Because I, I want to make clarification on this. What you're saying is that they're offensive to someone who chooses to follow what is right. And they're coming against it from the pulpit. Is that what you were saying? I just wanted to. Yeah. You know, some yeah. was not called it. That's calling a brute a, a beast, a natural brute beast. They have, if you are set amongst God's people, and then in various, uh, whether it be in programs or whatever, and uh, a person is coming in the true spirit of God. And in the light of God, they will, he, despise. He, they will despise them and openly attack them and, and twisting God's word and having yeah. no fear of, 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 of God. Of, of God. Yeah. And he yeah, says, yeah. Uh-huh. That, yeah, he says that, uh, that he said, and they shall receive, uh, third, verse 13, they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. As they count it pleasure 
to riot in the day daytime. Now they're rioting. If any people in the natural that have lost all uh, ambition, inhibitions to control themselves and riot out and just, I mean, brutally attack people, brutally destroy uh, property, it's, it's mm-hmm. violent. It's madness. But God is saying this in the word. You have taken God's word and made it up, and you have, you have turned to your own natural thought. You're no longer regarding God. You're no longer regarding his word. But you're taking pleasure in riding. You're taking pleasure uh, in, okay, and it says, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Mm. Now they're mm. polluted, sitting down there eating this corrupt food, like like polluted, like a beast be- eating it up. You ever seen animals tear up a flesh when they're killing yeah. something? Yeah. And look at this. They're feasting on this filth. And while they're sitting with you, but they got the falsity of that they're from God, but they're not. They have left God. Yeah, like just about like, you know, sitting with you at the table and then the person get up yeah. and they leave and then they want to chop you is what you yeah. kind of they, like. They, they, yeah. they, don't, yeah. mm-hmm. they no longer, mm-hmm. they, okay, if you go to verse four, having eyes full of adultery mm-hmm. and not cease from the from sin, they mm-hmm. have gotten to, it's, it's just a constant. You know, the eyes are polluted. Adultery or, has no... Mm-hmm. It, 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 like, kind of like what you're saying is like even hugging a person, but inside uh, is deception. It's something yeah. else going right. Mm-hmm. Yes, adultery, God says, you know, you have left him and gone after other gods. Yeah. And if you search his word, that's what it says. Your eyes are full of adultery. But And I think it's in Isaiah, he said, uh, he gives a parable that the woman, the man's wife, she doesn't stay with her husband, but everything that comes by, she's committing adultery with. You're not mm. staying with God. You've left God because you've turned to your own thoughts and let that corruption. Once you start leaving the, uh, uh, the way God thinks, the way he says his word, and you're turning towards your thoughts, you open a portal to the enemy. Yep. So you no longer turn, you have made God non-effective. You turn to make the, the God of the flesh, the God of your eyes and your body, and you will do these things. You'll think adultery is okay. You'll, you, will, you, you cannot. You could take on a stronghold of a spirit, and you will, you'll, your body will keep on seeking sin. Beguiling, uh, unstable souls. That's why God says become like the tree planted with its roots next to the water. Deep. Mm -hmm. A tree that is planted with deep roots, it's not going to perish. It won't blow with the wind, you know, and fall down. But what God's Mm -hmm. talking about in here, if a natural tree can do that, some trees are so strong, the wind won't take them. They've been there for four and five hundred years, some a thousand. So, Take the natural and take it to the spirit. God, you just put your roots in God. You're not going to move. But if you're unstable, how do you become unstable? Because you don't have the word of God in it. 
You're not opening and letting God manifest his word and let it root and ground it in you. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. just build it on the rock. The rock is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, while we're on this topic about the word, you know, because mm-hmm. in order to have grounded and, and rooted, I think it's sometimes good to bring it in the practical because like what you're mm-hmm. talking about, the tree being planted by the rivers of living water. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, the water is constantly flowing every day. So, mm-hmm. you know, to get that spirit, you, you have to be tapped off into that spirit every day. You have to, in order for you to get those green pastures, in order for that uh, tree to mm-hmm. uh, grain. The, the roots to be fed and to continue to that tree to continue to flourish and grow, you know, it, it has to bring some life to it. So that means that it has to be a, a continuous flow, not a one day flow, you know, not yes. a three day flow, but a every day mm-hmm. flow. And really, yes. you know, 24 hours a day flow, but especially yes. in this hour, because we can be so easily deceived in this hour. We yes. have to be conscious. We have to, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to rule in the throne of our heart so that we won't be uh, uh, sidetracked, that we won't get off base where the Lord wants us to be at in this hour because that's what the enemy is waiting for. Even when we sleep, and the Bible Bible says, and as they slept, the enemy sold among them. And we have to wake up to that. We have to wake up to that. Um, Yes. You know, uh, another thing often here that I'm seeing, uh, Sister Spencer, you know where it's talking about um, in verse 14, well, uh, let me go a little bit in 13, it says, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they, they that counted pleasure to riot in the day's time, as Minister mm-hmm. Belinda was a few minutes ago, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceiving deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling mm-hmm. unstable souls and hearts that they have exercised with covetousness practices, cursed children. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Peter, who is filled with the Holy Ghost, which means God is saying this about this classification of of individuals, you know, that that are really separated away from the things of God. So we can't say that it's a part of the body of Christ again. You know, they may be in the midst of it, but they're not a part of the body of Christ. Uh, they're functioning under a different realm there. It says, which have taken the right way and are and are going astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And let, let me uh jump off into Revelations two on that. Mm-hmm. Where Jesus where Jesus is talking to the church of I wanna say Pergamus. Let me uh get off in here in Revelation chapter two real quick. Yeah, uh Pergamus in uh verses twelve. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write these things, says, He which hath the short sword with two edges. Wow. That's mm-hmm. powerful. <laughs> powerful. Yes. Right there in itself. But he said, I know these works, 
and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days where Antipas were, was my faithful mortar, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee. Because, he, you know, the, the spirit of the devil is Antichrist. It by mm-hmm. says Antichrist. It says even he when he come to Antichrist. But then it says and even though there are many Antichrists with an S at the end. So I, I, yeah. I want to point that out. When, we, when we're talking about Satan, Satan has a hierarchy kingdom. Yes. But yeah. it says in 14, it says, but I have a few things against thee. Because thou hast there them that hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things, sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou, so hast thou also them that hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which they these are the fornicating and and uh you know, spirit, these uh, lusting type spiritual things, which uh, which thing I hate. And then it says, repent. Jesus Christ is saying, repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And he says that several times in the Bible, with the sword of my mouth, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, God Emmanuel with us, will speak in this hour in Jesus' name. Sir, uh, uh, mm-hmm. sir please share what your, your thoughts on that. Well, it just makes me think about how, you know, some of us, you know, are Christians or churchgoers, depending on which category we fall. We get hyped up, we get happy, we get joyful only on Sundays doing the church service and then Monday through Saturday, we're a totally different person. You know what I'm saying? So we have to guard against teachers who perpetuate that. You know, when you talked about the Antichrist, apostasy and immorality, they go hand in hand. When we talk about false teachers and we and, and talk about uh, Peter is not just talking about their teachings here. If we look at this entire chapter, he didn't really concentrate on doctrine or what they would be teaching, but how they would be living their lives. And like you say here in um, verse uh, 14, that they have eyes, it says, full of adultery, and that they cannot see from sin. So, I mean, that would be a huge real flag when we think about somebody who just cannot see from sin, but they will be leading many people, somebody whose eyes are full of adultery, but they will have some type of authority over the flock of God. Sometimes we hear about false teachers being caught up in scandals or, like uh, you guys were saying, within their own belief system, they advocate immorality. Um, The other day I was watching a pastor who was advocating multiple wives, and, and we see it over and over again. We hear news reports of Cults who are under a spell of under the spell of a leader, who then we find out that they've been engaging in some type of sh- crazy immorality with members of the flock, and we we look at high, some high profile evangelists. They're preaching, you know, uh, uh, easy believism or 
a health and prosperity gospel, and sometimes they've been exposed as leading, leading double lives. But when we think about that, um, they call themselves prophets, but they're living in sin. Living in sin. So when we think about a false teacher's motive, they want to use us and manipulate us. And the only reason that would be is because they're not living out the gospel. They themselves are walking, as uh, Minister Belinda said, they're walking in the flesh and not walking in the spirit. And mm. when we think about it, uh, you talked about it the other day uh, or last week that um, Peter, how some of uh, Peter says that how some would make the mer- make merchandise of people. Mm. You know, we we seen some of these people on t- TV. I was watching the other day uh, somebody who was merchandising, in my in my opinion, the gospel of God. You know, they don't. Some people call them prophets, p r r p r o f i t s, rather than prophets, and that they're doing all of this in the name of of God. We can't get caught up in fake Christianity. You know, as we're learning in this chapter, God will not spare the sinner or the sin. He did not spare those in in, in Noah's day. He did not spare those in Sodom and Gomorrah. And even though the world is full of counterfeits, you know. Every counterfeit dollar is a tribute to the worth of the real one. You know, a man wouldn't be putting on printing counterfeit money if if they, the value of the real money the real money didn't have value. So when we think about salvation is real, and the only thing that we can really make sure of is that we repent from our own sin, and that we know the Bible for our own self, and that we trust in God rather than uh, putting our faith in. It some of these exclusively in these leaders who are, like we were talking about last week, um, they are they are showing fruit, you know, by their fruits they will recognize. When you think about a tree, a tree doesn't, you know, immediately bear fruit. And bear mm-hmm. fruit, you know, it's it, it's a gradual process. You, you, you see the leaves first, then it starts sprouting. You know, it's something, it's something that manifests over time. And, you know, we are starting to have more conversations, I believe, in the body of Christ about those uh, teachers or ministers or, or or even our own selves, you know, because all of us are ambassadors of Christ, you know, who mm-hmm. have platforms, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's, you know, in the church or out of the church. You know, we want to make sure that we're living the gospel that we're preaching, that our energy should be focused on growing in obedience and holiness and moving towards godliness, you know, so that we won't fall prey to these things when we see it. And in this day of exposure, you know, where people always want to expose somebody, you know, a minister or, or, or a pastor for not living right, you know, we should also make sure our ourselves that, you know, that we're not rejoicing if we learn that somebody is in a position where they're not living out the gospel or they promote falsehood. Yep. If someone That's claims true. to be Christian, we shouldn't automatically treat them with suspicion or immediately jump and say they're a heretic. I was, you know, I I cannot stand, and I just want to say this, but I cannot stand on Facebook, you know, and other places like social media where, you know, you know, where they where they passing around these memes or these seven people or these people are 
false teachers or these people beware, you know, don't give yeah. you a lot of yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like well, everybody yeah. trying to expose somebody or people going on pastors uh Instagram and they leaving nasty comments, you know, because they oh, hear yeah. something in the media yeah. about what's going on but, and you know, if a person is truly a false teacher, we need to pray for them or exhort him or her to repent and to believe in Christ and just or just avoid them altogether. If we find out somebody is actively teaching some heresy or leaving the church astray, we need to appeal for that person to repent and trust in the Lord, but we shouldn't develop an attitude uh, that, you know, we are trying to bring down people in the body of Christ, you know, a personal attack, you know, or ridiculing a teacher because, you know, while we don't have to be nice the way the world describes it, we shouldn't shy away from the truth, but we shouldn't fall into prideful pride in our own self of trying to humiliate somebody, you know, or or give other uh-huh. reasons to take offense at our own self because we're not handling God, the gospel right. You know what? I, I absolutely, I totally agree with you there because I, I actually, I mean, you know, and calling people's phone numbers and and, and saying bad things and then hanging up, and all of these things that are being done to some men and women of, of God is is absolutely crazy. And that goes back up to where we, we were talking about um, bringing real in accusations against them before the Lord, and but they're a natural brute beast made to be taken and destroyed, be speaking evil of things they know, don't they don't understand not. None of them have actually sit at the table of a lot of these men or women. Some of them not, have not even entered into their house. Um, you know, some of these things are going out for, but let me tell you something of, of falseness. Were you taking people out by the lake and you telling them to bend over and let me come by and I'll kiss you and everything, you're going to be well or everything's going to be right or you're going to have children. Uh, taking people and saying, line up and come and let me put your feet over on the top of your head and uh, pour water over you and you're going to be made well or you're going to get rich or, you know, this is, this is what I'm talking about, false activity. I'm talking about come by a tree and, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, put up this altar and you come by here and you bring a, a, a chicken, as the prophets of Baal do, and say, uh, come and let, let me sacrifice this children, chicken for you and dash blood on you. And, and this is what I'm talking about, false prophecy. So when I'm saying that, you know, um, I'm not coming against a lot, a lot of the churches. I am not coming against a lot of the churches. But I'm talking about in this hour, there's some serious false prophecy going on. And they're, like I said, in 15, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked by his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking, the man's voice forbade the madness of the prophets. Now, uh, when I was referring back to that in Revelation chapter 2 and Pergamos, I'm not talking about a a church who's teaching the word of God. Jesus is talking about here a church that is, you know, going off, well off 
away from what he's talking about. And he's talking about that people being in the midst of Satan's seat. Now, I, I don't believe that uh, most of the churches out there are, are experiencing right. this. But I'm saying that there are some churches out there that even say that they are it's a satanic church. There are some churches out there that say that uh call out demons from the north, south, east and west on a daily basis. Okay? So when we're talking about this type of thing and it and and when I say that, there's a whole lot of them out there now. And when I'm talking about balance the the doctrine of Balaam. There's a whole lot of people following that now. If you go into some areas, especially where poverty um, is extreme, there's a whole lot of these things existing because people are looking for um, a way to advance to having money quickly or advance to mm-hmm. get healing, uh, advance to so many different things that they're falling prey to these false prophets that say that they're working for God, okay? So um, this is what we're talking about more so in here. We're not we're not talking about the everyday body of Christ because in that place, God will start judging there. God will judge there. Uh, uh, you know, he's going to do that work. So when when I say judge there, I mean, you know, if, if there's falseness behind there, this is an hour of judgment that God will be judging those places. And I think we see some of those things starting to come to pass. So I think it's important for the body of Christ, uh, those who say that they're in Christ, to, you know, submit to the will of God and get a direct relationship with him. Okay, so um, I wanted to clarify that before we move on because I'm right now we're just reading Second Peter two, and the Word of God will judge it, and God will judge it. Okay, so in second, and, and, uh, and can I just say one thing? You know, because that just resonates so much in my in my spirit. You know that you know we have to think about you know what these what people are teaching, but we also have to be on guard against not wanting our own ears tickled. You know, the Bible tells us not to want our ears tickled. And and as nice as some of these things sound, like you said, in some more impoverished areas, it depends on where you are that, you know, people hear certain gospel messages. You know, people tell us, us, you know, we're told that God loves you and God wants to feed the hungry and God wants you to be wealthy. Even though these things are – can be have some merit or some root in the word word of God, it's not the complete message of the gospel, you know, if somebody is preaching a gospel, like Galatians one nine says, if someone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you've been, or other than what you accepted, let them be eternally condemned. But like you also said, that's not all all of the body of Christ. That's not the majority. You know what I'm saying? That of uh, 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 teachers and, and within the body of Christ, and we have to be on guard that you know we have to examine our own motives when we are and not be so quick to call somebody a false teacher or a false prophet too, you know, in 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 this era. You know, we have to make sure that examine our own morals. You know, is there a malicious intent behind what we're saying because we don't we truly don't want other people to fall into deception or are we are those type of people that we take a delight in what we're exposing and and and, and our 
our motives, what I'm saying is our motives should be first and foremost to love God, love our neighbor, not to hate on uh, the teachers. You know, warning others is a fruit of loving them, that's for sure. But endlessly talking about ongoing sagas of false teachers and talking about what they're doing, it's not necessary. We bring needless attention towards them that could be better used elsewhere, and it causes bickering and debates that just are unedifying. Our sole focus should be spreading truth. And, and the more we propagate truth, the more easily others will be able to see deceptions for who they are. We don't. We won't have to be in this perpetual state of, uh, uh, of constantly of exposing others because at the at the heart of it is, you know, are we ourselves sitting under godly teaching? You know, it's, that is our responsibility. Yeah, you know, so that's I, just, true, I don't know. I was just throwing what you I were saying. That, um, I, I, I believe that, you know, I think it's absolutely true, but I think the Holy Ghost, I think by the power of the Holy Ghost, you wrote this. And I believe by the power of the Holy Ghost, um, Jesus spoke in Matthew 24 all through the Gospels um, for us to watch and pray and open up our eyes and see these things, you know. And he talked about uh, a sleeping, a slumbering, because people are are content. Um, People are... uh, have become like complacent and with a mindset of euphoria that doesn't really exist because the true love is in the word of God where God has given us uh, the ability to know him in, in truth and spirit. And when we, when we result to only want to hold on to what sounds good and what feels good and what tastes good, what smells good, we, we, we will lose the balance. But I believe that uh, there comes, a point in time where when the Lord uh, rose up, you know, Jeremiah to come and tell them the truth with an urgency that there must be a change, there, there must be a transformation. I believe that there was a time in the Bible in the book of Isaiah where God came, warned, you know, had Isaiah, he used Isaiah to come and tell them. I believe that there was a time when the Lord used Habakkuk and, and, and used many, many, many of the major and the minor prophets to come out and bring out the word of God to wake up the people, the body of Christ in particular, um, a chosen generation of peculiar people that you, you, you no longer look peculiar anymore. You no longer are giving off the essence of me any longer. So uh, I, I, w- I want you to look like me that you will have favor, that you will have pleasure that you will be able to experience the things that I have ordained for you, but you're a little off base, so I, I need for you to move back over closer to me and to the covenant that I have or you know, ordained from uh, the times of your forefathers, Abraham. So um, I believe that every word of God is inspired by him for us, for reproof, for correction, edification, um, so I think that uh, the uh, typical body of the typical uh, outside rim of the body of Christ have come, went went a different direction, and I'm I'm not going to be the one to call any names because when we preach this gospel, we preach by the inspiration of Jesus Christ, not by what we want. We obey and we trust and we believe 
that when he says go this way, go this way. When he say go that way, go that way. But there's going to come a time that, you know, in Amos chapter 8 it says that there's going to be a time where there is going to be a famine for the word of God. And, you know, in the in the parables of Jesus Christ, he said keep that lamp lit. He was talking about the, uh, the ten bridesmaids. Five of them didn't have that lamp lit in the that when he shut that door, they were knocking at the door, give, you know, they were wanting some of their oil, and it was over, you know. People are, are, will be out there trying to buy the oil, and they won't be able to buy it because they'll be getting secondhand manner. They won't be getting Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ came that we all may have him, have a relationship with him, an intimate relationship with him, not just, one person sitting up at a pulpit saying that this is the way you should go. It's for all. It's for all. Once we have believed in Jesus Christ, we are called to be disciples and go out and preach that word. But there's going to be a day that God's going to say, you know, Revelation 22, and I'm I'm not going to go there right now, but everybody can read it for themselves. So as, as we were saying, in in Second Peter, that it says those are wells with water clouds that are carried with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. You see, some people, you know, the the multitude, you know, they they it says they were wells of without water, wells. Without water, dried up, no water to keep life off in there. Clouds that are carried away with the, with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For they, and, 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 and believe me, every day when I wake up in the morning, I say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Never let me die, not be able to enter into heaven. So I don't think I'm above anyone out there. Uh, I want to say that because I don't. I don't know. I always ask God. Let, never let me be as Moses was, where the Satan was even petitioning for the body of Moses. You know, and and I, I sit back and I'm saying from the Book of Jude, in which I'll be going there later. But when when I think about that, I was like, now Moses performed all of these miracles. In Exodus 33, he gets up on the on top of. Lord, let me know thy ways that I might find favor in your sight. And and so I have to I have to sit there and I I'm I'm one saying God teach me your ways and your will because sometimes we have these um, thoughts and we've taught perverted thoughts to think a certain way, and I think I, I, I ask God I say I Lord. Am, am, am I going the right direction? And, and lo and behold, he'll give you an inspiration. Read this, and here's the answer in his word. In his Amen. Word. And that's, Amen. The only way, that's the only way we're going to get it. And now one thing we have to do is accept his word for what it is. Now, where the mark of confusion is going on, let me tell you. The mark of confusion go, goes on when... You know, Jesus said there will be sheep on my right-hand side, which is a place of honor, and there will be goats on my left-hand side, which is a place of dishonor. 
that's as frank, plain and frank as it can be. That's the word of God. Now, but the wolves is, you know, out there. They they don't they not gonna fit anywhere. Now, you, it's a matter of you making a choice and say, I want Lord, please let me be on the right hand side. Please let me be on the right hand side because. A goat is unbalanced It will chew everything It will eat everything And it will accept everything Out there And and it's not just chewing the rope To get loose But it will chew the rope and eat it Okay So a, a sheep It knows it's a meal It knows it's meal it will, it will eat leaves It will eat grass But it's not going after no rope So we have to know where we are in the body of Christ, and 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 we have to know that we're not just doing this because we love swell. You know who don't love great swelling words? And it sounds so good that you're getting ready to get rich, you're getting ready to get a, 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 a promotion, you're getting ready to get a new car, nice, right? Amen. You're getting ready to get that nice big house. Who don't like those swelling mm-hmm. words? Who who right. don't like those? Uh, Swelling speeches that make you feel good one day, and then you go home, and and you you feel you feel like you lost again. You have no energy. Every, everything is poured out, and you have to face reality again. Who who don't like those swelling words? I think everybody uh probably want to hear that, but then you have to you got you have to get to a point in your life and say that. Uh, I don't want this no more. I want the truth, Lord. Let me let me hold on to your truth. Let me hold mm-hmm. on to the balance of your way that I can find favor in your sight. Because you 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 when you make this choice to walk after Jesus Christ, if they didn't love Jesus Christ, the majority did not love Jesus Christ. He was not saying what the people wanted to hear. He wasn't saying those right. words. Right. They didn't like what. If you know that you're in Christ Jesus, forget about it. People are not going to like you because you're going to speak. You're going to tell the truth, and this is where the confusion come in: likes and dislikes. And you, when you dislike the word of God, that means you're putting yourself above God. You have said that I'm more important than God, and this what God is saying in his word doesn't make me feel good, me, myself, and I. So you were, were reflecting back on self. And guess what? That severed you from God. So we all have some choices in this, Minister Belinda. <clears throat> yes. You know, uh, we're reading this, and this is God's word. It's not man speaking it. It's God interpreting it. He's saying that he's telling us that this stuff exists. He's telling us the nature of this spirit. He's telling us to be wise and not be deceived, not be unstable. That's one of the entrances that they can cut this thing and come in. And if you go to 16, God does not come in emotion. When somebody is doing something wrong, and it, it says what will happen to those that walk in this. So that judgment is already there. God don't need no help. You know, if I walk in sin and I continue, God says what will happen to me. You go back to Deuteronomy when he talked about the blessing and the cursing. 
if somebody says something to me, I, I hear and then I go see what God says. You know, like Donna says, the words are swelling, all of that. What did God say about prosperity? He said, seek ye the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all these things will be added to you according to God's riches and glory. Okay? He says, seek the kingdom of heaven first. Now, if you're not seeking God and you're, and you're going and listening to this and you're not seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness because that's the true blessing. And he said, according to his riches and glory. And people don't want to hear that part. God ain't going to give you everything. He's going to give you what he says is right and rich. And his, mm-hmm. his, his righteousness and glory. You know, his righteousness. So everything I, they want may not be what God wants me to have. And if you grow in God, you start praying, God, thy will be done. Not my will. See, the will of God is to bless me, but according to his riches and glory. So I need to ask God, God, what do you want me to have? And pray according to God's will, because everything we desire may be poison to us. And, and when God corrects somebody, he corrects them by his word and by his spirit. Now, we can go to verse 16. What was rebuked for his inequity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice, forbid the madness of the prophet. And if you want to know how God speaks, go back to all the prophets and how those people came to the, the body of Christ and to individuals. They didn't come with uh, damnation, accusation. They came by the word of God. The word tells you what is going to happen. When David was, uh, uh, his sin was manifested, when he did it, the very act when he did it, God already saw it. He said, name it to him. Naaman didn't come the way uh, Sister Tyler said, these people are coming. He came by the spirit of God and the words that God spoke. And David had to, he could either lie and say no, but he knew that he had committed the sin. And what Naaman, when he exposed it, is you that took that one little, I think it was a lamb, when he gave that parable to him. Nathan, yeah, Nathan. Saul rejected it. You know, he rejected his correction. David, when you hear the voice of God and when God comes, it's to to bring a person to knowledge that they're in error, to repent Mm -hmm. and look up with God because there's hope in God. There's answers in God. There's forgiveness in God. But when you keep not, you reject God, then God will come and, and, and judge it. And no matter what Saul did when he went to the, the, the woman the, uh, with the familiar spirit, of Susan, she had to tell him the exact thing that God said. And he died exactly the way God said. So, I mean, that's why God said it's so important to seek the, God, the Lord. And God is saying it all through here. It's not nobody else's judgment. It's the word of God. It's saying the character. He's saying this is here. It's out there. And as you said, it was in 
uh, 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 in the old time, it's present now. You know, you look at Sodom and Gomorrah. These men had such a, a riot, beastly spirit mm-hmm. that they didn't even of them angels. They wanted to sleep with them angels. Mm. That's a level of of sickness, and that's from sin. If you don't get corrected by God, and it's by his word and by his spirit, and keep on rebelling against God, you will go to a more depth of sickness and perversion and another depth of sickness and perversion until the word of God says what will happen. We're to pray yes, because God. When you pray, God's going to decide yea or nay. Mhm. Mhm. And, and, you know, and you know, uh-huh, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you because were go ahead. I don't know anybody that was calling me up and telling me about my sin. You know, who called me up, Jesus. He said, Belinda, you can't live. This is my word. This is why you didn't have a peaceful life. This is why the things, even when I didn't have an understanding and I was angry, uh, because you think of a higher uh, uh, being over the world because you're taught that, but that's not enough. If you don't know the truth, he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. But I praise God for one thing. He said before the judgment comes, the word of God will be preached all over. He's going to give everybody opportunity. And if you have not been preached to, before you do something, God will come himself. Mm, Amen. That spirit which was created in you from birth, you didn't create yourself. God did. Your mom and daddy didn't. Without life to the sperm and that egg, it could not be created. You could not be created. But that spirit that's in you will come to you and quicken you. It's just like when we read this word. And the Holy Ghost will quicken us. Donna said, you might not have your Bible with you. Mm -hmm. There may be a time you don't know what can happen. And you may be locked up, isolated, unjustly, and you've got to have that word in you. But the Spirit of God will nudge you. I don't care how good it shines. I don't care how good them words are. The Spirit will say, knock, knock. It ain't right. Mm -hmm. I'm God and said, uh, this is not right. This person is not right. They were quoting the word of God. And I went back and I saw it and prayed and asked God. And God down the road uh, was revealed because he says the same way they had these words, but the truth will come out. Mm-hmm. And who, who covers our sin? God. Who can uncover? God. Mm. There's a difference when people try to uncover something. But when God uncovers it, there's no way to run from it. And God wow. is right. There's no injustice in God. He didn't come and lie on David. He sent his prophet to tell him what he had done. He didn't lie on Saul. And when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, it was because of what they chose to do. When the flood went, God gave them how many years of opportunity to repent? Because Noah was preaching to them. Yes, Lord, he was. Yes, 
and, and, and they're preaching in the midst of vain imaginations. What a challenge because, yes. you know, in, in, the, in the book of Jude, look at uh, all them people. You know what it's just yeah. trying to try to rule over or help three people? Lord have mercy. And they, mm-hmm. even when they seen the miracles, they couldn't keep sight in the wilderness. When he went up and prayed, they couldn't keep sight to what God showed them. And that mm-hmm. was visually. He brought a manna from heaven, gave fire by, what it was, night. Mm-hmm. And they built a camp. Uh, you know what? I want to point out something else, too, now. Um, when I was talking about uh, these men and women of God putting their feet mm-hmm. on, on people's head and pouring yeah. water over their head and these things, you know, an example of a falseness, falseness that's going on. So you have you have people, um, you know, that are learning or, or studying these big mm-hmm. men and women of God they're studying them, and they're coming out. They they realize they they're studying how did they get to where they are, and they're coming out, and they're trying to mimic it to get where they are. You know, so in the midst of that, they begin doing things that are not right in mm-hmm. order to try to get there. And and this is you know where Jesus was talking talking about. You know, Balaam, the doctrine of Balaam. In the book yes. of uh, Jude, verses 14, he expresses, and Enoch also, the seventh of Adam, prophesied of these. Mm-hmm. Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all they are ungodly among them of all all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches with ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, so I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the, the, big, uh, the big guys who started out and God has positioned them for whatever reason mm-hmm. he had because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even going to touch that territory because God mm-hmm. having commended or uh, uh, spoken to of me to do that, you understand. So I'm not even going to touch that that level. Right. But in ten it says, "But these speak evil of those things which they know not." So, like I said, yeah. n- none of them have sat in the table to dine with these people. They haven't went mm-hmm. behind closed doors with them. They haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? They they right. doing this based yeah. on what somebody else is saying and then sometimes sometimes they hear uh something that they have uh said and they base it on that which that is mm-hmm. one of the ways to uh, discern to discern uh, a false prophet and a, a true prophet it's a way to do that but it's by the word you know we, sh- yeah. we should uh, know by the word and by the holy spirit but it yeah. says yeah. also, it says, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Now, as uh, Minister Spencer said, she said they were doing it out of uh, being rude. They were doing it to try to, to, try to tear people down. They were not mm-hmm. doing it because, 
you know, which is the act of Satan. Because the mm-hmm. institution that God has put in place, like I said, I'm I'm not going to challenge that. Um, no. For whatever reason, he did, just as we were talking about last week or the other day, Pontius Paulus was anointed for a reason, for a season. So I'm not I'm not going to touch what God puts him. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm not. I don't, I don't want Jesus to say, get behind me. I don't want Jesus to say, get behind me. We don't know what God is doing. But in 11, it says, woe unto them. For they have gone in the way of Cain mm-hmm. and run greedily after the era of Balaam for what? Reward. And perish mm-hmm. in the game saying of core. Okay? So, like I said, you can have uh, uh, some that uh, try to move in that momentum because of greed. After the era of Balaam for reward, and 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 mm-hmm. purposely try to target certain individuals, you know, mm-hmm. pull themselves up uh, for whatever reason, you know, like for reward most of the time, and perish in the gainsaying of Korah, which Korah was what rebellion to the system that Moses was moving in for God. So you have that. Mm-hmm. You have that mm-hmm. when something moving for God and a moving dramatically and fast and making changes, bringing influence, you'll have people trying to tear it down, try to uh, come against it. But nevertheless, you see that God stabilizes and continues Uh for a reason that maybe we don't know not. Okay. Uh But, But if it's of God, God will judge it. If it's not of God, God will judge it. Okay? Yes. 12. These are the spots in your feast of charity when they feed with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of wind, trees with whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the root, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame. Wandering sword to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Okay, mm-hmm. so and then he goes on with Enoch, with Enoch's prophecy about these ungodly things, and and so God will use people to speak things for a reason, but hopefully he, they're doing it by His word because He says my prophets will prophesy by my word. His word is undisputable. Mm-hmm. The yep. word is undisputable. So there there's no reason for uh dissension in the body of Christ where his word is undisputable. Do you do yep. you understand? So that by yep. that we know what is the body of Christ and what is not. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh Minister Spencer, please share what the Lord is sharing showing you. The rest of well, I was just sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The rest of which one? Uh, we're still on. I was reading from Jude 1, um, right. verses 10. I read there, and then go ahead. So now, you know, as the Lord is leading. Well, I was just thinking about how, you know, what we were talking about, or have been talking about, how when we think about it, when there is a demand for something, 
somebody is out there to supply it. You know, we are in a war, a, a spiritual war. It's not just, I was just thinking as you were going over this, when we, we, when we think about the passages in Jude and you think about uh, the passage in Second uh, uh, Peter where we were reading about how the angels were being reserved for darkness and how, um, you know, Peter compared the fate of those who are teaching falsely to the angels that have sinned and have been cast down to hell or delivered and changed to darkness and to be reserved for judgment. We have to make sure that we're in a position uh, where, like I said before, you know, when there is a demand for something and suppliers are not far away, you know, some, there is, we have to be realistic about our own situation because when we think about it, there is a great demand for people delivering watered-down messages and personalized messages. And, and as much as there are people out there wanting that, there are going to be some teachers out there that are going to want to supply that. You know, the popular, when you think about some of the popular messages that we have today, you know, where people are feeling like they don't have to change or they don't really have to repent that, you know, people are basically good or maybe God is too loving, God is too loving to judge anybody or like a minister was saying that God wants, you know, us to prosper. That's the whole entire message, you know, is about health and wealth. And when we think about that, if there, if there, we are out here, and that's what people, you know, feel like we want. That is what people are going to supply. When you think about, it, there are some teachers, some churches that have been known for teaching sound doctrine, but then now they're teaching things that are acceptable or more mainstream because they're afraid to teach on certain passages in the Bible. And and they do that because there is a, a demand for people who wanting who are so concerned about feeling good or being comfortable that they're not walking in truth. And when we think about the truth, often sometimes is uncomfortable. You know, when we think about people today, they want to be able to decide for themselves what is right and wrong. So they're gonna seek out teachers to support their point of view or to, to teach. You know, so that they don't have to move, you know, in the spirit. And as people turn their backs on the truth about sin and condemnation and repentance and those sort of things, there are going to be messages out there that will fill a lot of churches, fill a lot of books, you know, it's buy a lot of time on cable TV. And like you were saying earlier, that even some of the early followers of Jesus complained about some of the things that Jesus was saying. As you was reading, I was thinking about John 6. I think it's 60, where Jesus was preaching something, and many of the disciples, they said, well, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And many of them turned their backs on Jesus and no longer follow him. So walking away from hard truth is easy to do because they did it to Jesus. So when we think about today, we want to make sure that, like you were saying, that these people will be corrected, but the content of the preaching that we we have, that we we take in and that we give out, it has to be based on the written word of God. And it, it has to be preached when it's convenient and when it's inconvenient because we want to be going after sound doctrine. You know, the, when you think about a church, a church's mission or they, they whole quest shouldn't be just to make people comfortable in the pews. That has to, that can't be take priority over preaching the word of God, being uh, fearing to uh, fan people. 
And I'm just saying that to say that, you know, we don't want to be in a position where we're looking for certain teachers or looking for certain people to be able to make us comfortable. Because as you're reading these messages, these messages of condemnation, if God brought judgment then, he'll bring it again. And he will bring it again. You know, we know that Jesus is coming back. And so I love what I was thinking about here where it talks about, um, where is it at? Where it talks about for God, if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in a chance of darkness to be reserved to judgment. He goes on to talk about Noah. He goes on to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. He goes on even to talk about Lot, Lot like you talked about last week about being vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. You know, we have to be on guard because if God is even judging the principalities, you know, and the angels who, you know, are in the sight of God, how much more for those who are, you know, false teachers or, or just men, you know, who are smooth talking and want to flatter you and, you know, you about things rather than bringing you in, you know, you know, to bringing you into repentance and having you walk into godliness and having you walk into holiness. So, I, you know, I thought about, too, that there's nothing wrong with people who are charismatic or, you know, who speak well or crack eloquent sermons. And, you know, our, our one of our highest callings, I believe, as believers is to, to be unified. But when we people are being led, leading other people astray, using smooth talk or they believe unity is more important than seeking truth. Because, you know, I say that because coming from where I came from, you know, you couldn't necessarily, you could, you had to use discernment with some of the things that were being taught. But in my person, in my situation, I was in a religion that denied that Jesus was God and a bunch of other mainstream teaching. You know, you have to be on guard that, you know, they would tell us all the time, well, you know, it's more important to be unified. You know, basically, you know, don't touch the anointed of God or you have to be, we, unity is more important than actually having truth. And the Bible the Bible doesn't tell us that, you know, it, it, we are, unity is, is important, but if they don't have truth as a foundation, then you have to avoid those people. And for the good of the body, you know, false teaching just can't simply be co- be tolerated. I was thinking that, too, that um, it doesn't mean that also that when people are um, – I don't lost my thought. <laughs> I lost my thought. But I really enjoyed uh, your reading of Jude because it just reminds us that we are in a spiritual war. You know, this is not just about the teacher or the preacher that's in front of you. Right. Yeah, this it's, is it's, uh, in high places. Yeah, it's not about building either because we, we're called individually to be the temple of the living God and then also corporately to be a unified uh, unified vessel for the kingdom of God. And, and and so that's why I say there is no division in the body of Christ that that accepts and adapts to his word. The division is for those that are without the word, that, that choose not to follow the word. 
because the word <coughs> is the Bible. The word is Jesus Christ, and that's why he said it will be written up on the heart. And by that, you will know his children. By that, you will know his children because they will need to accept the word of God. So the body in itself is not divided. It's, it's uh, you know, Jesus said the sheep will be on the right side and the goats will be on the left side. So I, he know who they are. But we also should know who we are in Christ by his work. In, in verse 9 of that Jude, it says that, Yet Michael, the, angel, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. So, you see, the, the Satan, the devil, the devil, was disputing over the body of Moses. How much, you know, and that's why I say we have to really, really, really be careful about who we think we are in, in Christ. And, and that's why I said, you know, the, the, the tax collector uh, was beating his chest and saying, Lord, have mercy upon me. Whereas the fairy, he was saying, oh, I pay my tithes. I go, he's going off into the building. He's doing all of these works. But, the faith of having a relationship with Abba Father wasn't there. The the true faith of having that ultimate relationship with Abba Father wasn't there because he figured that if he just did at fault, but, you know, he's saying he's paying the side, but he's using anise and cormac grain, which there, there was a Levitical, uh, you know, tied unto the Lord that was already ascribed by the word of God. And it's the reason that it was ascribed that way. But he's saying he's pantized, he's doing this, he's talking the the, the uh Levitical the the priest, the Pharisee, but then the tax collector he's like recognizing how dirty he is and he's beating his chest. I I wanna be uh, every day beating my chest asking for that mercy because I know not. I might it may be something I missed, perhaps, and I'm saying, Lord, reveal it to me by the Holy Ghost. Reveal it to me where I may have erred before you because I don't want to sleep and and, and I'm at at the throne of uh at your throne, uh, either the throne of judgment or that, that white throne of judgment or at, at the gate or wherever you know, based on your word that I will be at, and I'm appearing, and and you say, get out from here because I don't know you. I don't want to be that person. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but we all should be striving not to be that person because look look at this. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Okay? So, so. The, the devil was saying, no, Moses belonged to me. After mm-hmm. all the Moses. So we have to understand that this word of God is deeper than what we ever think about. Yes, Jesus Christ died for us. But why did he leave more word through the apostles to be written by the power of the Holy Ghost? that we might have life and life more abundantly, eternal life in Christ Jesus, a narrow path to walk on, to reach that narrow gate. We have to really think about it, body of Christ. 
We have to think about it and say, is what I've been taught all of my life, is it true, or is there more to this relationship with God that I need to know that I will inherit the kingdom of heaven, of Yahweh, and through our Lord and Savior, Yahshua? Is there more to it that we should know? In Jesus' name. Minister Belinda, let's um, share our last um, final words with the body of Christ of what, whatever yes. you want to say. What is the solution to all of this? We we know the characteristics of um, these false um, prophets. We know the characteristics by the word of God that is written as we've been reading in um, the second chapter of um, Second Peter, Second uh, Peter chapter two. That's what mm-hmm. we've been focusing on, and some of the characteristics of they walk after the flesh, they follow the devices and desires of their own heart. Um, mm-hmm. They give up to conduct of their own fleshly mind, which is vain imaginations. Again, they refuse to make their reasons. Stooping uh, uh, divine to divine. Revelation, they refuse to bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, that, that's a heavy one right there because that's when they start work thinking about their own life and their own dislikes and not, not what does God say. So you go off into the church and the, and the pastor is bringing the word of God as it is in this context and you say, I don't want to go there no more because it doesn't make me feel good. Refuse yeah. to bring thought to the obedience of Christ and you are, you want to be your own God. You you know, act directly contrary to God's righteousness precepts. They comply with the demands of a corrupt nature. Uh, evil opinions are often accompanied with evil practices. And I'm not, this is not only for, for people who come in and sit in the, in the pews. This is also for people who sit behind the pulpit. Because mm-hmm. some people put a, a, a junior pastor down because they read the Word of God or they preached the Word of God. So um, we all have to wake up at every level of the body of Christ because we're on the, go- the government of Jesus Christ. That's our governor. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they comply with the demands of corrupt nature. Evil opinions are often accompanied with evil practices. Mm-hmm. They... They are for propagating error and, and for increasing wickedness. They sit down. Why? Why? I'm going to say why I said that. Okay. The reason is is because I have become in error, and I it's like Satan. I'm going. Satan's thoughts is he's going to take everybody with him to hell. So I, I their thoughts is I have messed up. So I I want to mess up everybody, and they, as you minister, Belinda was uh, ministering from the pulpit, they despise anything that's pure or desires pureness in in Christ. They Mm -hmm. they will despise anything that desires purity in Christ Jesus. They sit down contended in uh, measure of iniquity. They pour contempt on those whom God has set in authority over them, and they re- refuse to do as the Bible says to honor it. They despise the ordinance of God. They are bold and daring with their mocking. 
with their with their tongues they will utter slanderous and reproachful words of those who are set over them. Now I'm not laughing at this in a way to say uh that uh I think it's funny because it's for from being humorous and that mm-hmm. form of laughter. But I, I I I I hint it's a laugh because it's like Lord help us all. Lord help us to overcome these things where we, we reject your word, where 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 we wanna make a uh um special words to say is is it's it's not uh it's not of God because they should be preaching this or they should be preaching that. Uh, we wanna reject everything out that doesn't align with agenda. You know, God help us all. God help us because we really need it in this hour. Minister Belinda, please share uh, your final words and your solution. My final words and my solution is to obey God. He said to be wise as a serpent, meek as the dove. He wants you to know the devices of the enemy because he's, he's very crafty. But God is greater than the enemy because he said, greater that is in us than in the world. And we know that the world is empathy against God. So everything that's been said here, you do the opposite. You draw nigh unto God. You pray daily. You pray over your soul. You ask God, teach me. God, take, teach me it in a greater way. Take me to the deepest depth. Because if the devil has a hierarchy, so does God. And that's why he said glory to glory, strength to strength. We have to seek after God. Ask God. He said you have not because you ask not. Ask him. Don't be afraid to ask God. Ask God when he gives you a word. Lord, what does this mean? What's the depthness of this? And don't give up. And pray you know the areas that you're weak at. Pray that God will strengthen you, that God will take away those areas. Let him build a house. He said he is the carpenter of the house. And anything God builds will stand when you're weak, ask God to tie you to the altar of God. Let me tell you, when God ties you, you can't be unkind unless you want to. You know, so pray that you have a heart to love him. God, continue to let me love you. Continue to let me seek you. And God, give the, let, me un, let this word become alive in me. Let it overtake me. If the enemy wants to overtake you, greater is God. God, let me let you be my stronghold. Let you be my buckler. Let you be my weapon of war. Who can kick against the prick? No one. So God has to become greater than the devil. He has to become greater than anything in your life. Ask him. Stay before him. He says, seek after him. Thirst after him. You have to thirst like he's doing. You have to have water to live. But your soul has to have God to live. He said, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that is bread to your life. The answer is God. And everything in here, pray against that you do not follow this. There's a word that God gave me a long time. He said, learn of me for my yoke is easy. I could not understand that because all hell is breaking in my life. 
And I said, Lord, you said learning you, this is easy. It just seems hard. A revelation came. And God told me, he said, you know why it's hard? Because you keep on trying to do it. You don't know how to let go and let me do it. And when I let go and let the word work for me, oh, my goodness. I said, I've been fighting all this time. And it's easy if we let go of our own selves, our own mind, our own thought, and surrender that all to God let God do the work. It became easy. And when persecution comes, he said to me, you have not suffered unto blood. And it gave me a realization. All the persecution, all the words against me, and then the next word down the road was, if you're not willing to suffer with me, you can't reign. They didn't like Jesus, so they're not going to like you. And they will persecute you. He said, but count it all. (laughs) Count it all. Because great is your reward after this body dies. But that's my finalization of it. Amen. 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 Uh, Minister, Senator, please share your uh, final words and your solution for the body of Christ. Well, I have to say that it must be the Holy Spirit flowing because I, I think it, it, I had the same thoughts Minister Belinda did. Um, but I was just thinking about how the Bible, the Word tells us that, you know, that, well, as we've been talking about how it's so easy to fall prey to false teachers. Even some of uh, uh, some of us who are, uh, well, for some of us who are new, newly walking, because if we're Bible illiterate, we can't be biblically illiterate, biblically illiterate and walk with God. We can't. Some of us don't have no idea what the text says, what it means, or how it makes a difference in our lives, and some because of that. We can become easily swayed by teaching that sounds good, that sounds helpful, that sounds wise, or you know, sounds spiritual, but it might be complete nonsense. And we easy pray because we don't know what we're hearing is wrong. So, how do we protect ourselves? I would say that it was, it really, I've come to learn a really simple truth that the best way to protect ourselves against false teaching. It's not all the time with lofty arguments, but we have to be consistent, like we were saying today, with study of scripture. The uh, the most important word when we when we're dealing with any teaching that it, we should ask ourselves, what do the scriptures say? When we read a book, um, even if it's by a generally trustworthy source, we need to ask ourselves, what do the scriptures say? When we listen to our pastor sermons, we need to ask ourselves that. When we read blogs or we read tweets or other thing is we always should be asking our question, asking that question, what does the Bible say? Because when we do this, we're committed to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, like we were talking about, to seek to understand what the scriptures say. And when we hold up all teaching, even good teaching, up to light, there's no false, no place for false teachings to hide. So the solution is to know the scripture, what the scripture says and to compare it, everything against it. If we're not sure... You know, we have to seek it out. God has given us, gave, gave us the Holy Spirit for a reason. He's re- ready and willing to help us with our understanding. Okay. I heard a pastor say, ask the congregation one time, what's the best way to spot counterfeit? 
Do you study as many counterfeits as you can, or do you study the real thing? And I think the answer is always the real thing, because there's going to be many counterfeits, and new things are going to pop off all the time to to stand again, to try to uh, exalt them, exalt it, exalt against them. I'm sorry, exalt itself against the knowledge of God. But like you were saying today, that we can cast down every imagination by reading the word and reading the word regularly and knowing it for ourselves. And um, that way when we, when new things pop up and counterfeits change or new things, the scripture always stays the same. So when we know this, our Bible, when we know the scripture, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can all, always uh, be able to spot false teaching immediately. It become obvious. Like like we were saying earlier, it, 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 the Holy Spirit prides us. So it's important for us to spend time in our word each day because the more we know scripture, the easier it, be, it, it will be to spot false, true false teachings. Not only will we be able to spot a false teaching, but see, our relationship with God, it becomes so much richer. And we have nothing to lose when it comes to spending time in God's words. So the best way to protect ourselves against false teaching with the help of the Holy Spirit is being able to seek to understand the scriptures to the best of our ability. And when we hold on to all the all teach and hold on to the things that are good. Amen. 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 And I'm just going to read Second um, uh, Peter chapter three. I'm going to read part of it. It says from verse 1, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stirred up your pure mind by the way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior, knowing this, first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust and sand. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of great creation. So they will be asking, where is the promise of his coming for us? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And they said, for this they they willingly, sorry, for this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth stand out of the water and in the water. Whereby the water, I mean, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perish. The heavens and the earth, which are now but the same words, are kept in store, reserved unto the fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but they all should come to repentance. 
For the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, and that which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing that seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, that manner what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens in on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in his epistle speaking to them of these things, in which ye, in which are some things hard to be understood, which that which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also to other scriptures unto their own destruction. So my, my, my final word to the body of Christ, and, and I totally agree with um, Minister Belinda and Minister Spencer. You, you know, we have to have a relationship with God. We have to have the word of God. We need to commune with God. We also need to be prayerful to God and waiting upon the Lord for an answer. Need his wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and revelation. There's nowhere we can get it from but God, but we must remain steadfast, immovable, and abiding in his will and desiring his way in our lives. Um, that's all I have to say. Body of Christ, um, you know, we should know better than anyone else out there. And we should reflect his aroma and fragrance in the world. Now, does it mean um, that you will be separated? You may be like Elijah. You may have uh, climbed up into a cave uh, to hide from, uh, you know, certain spirits in the earth that are Roman that you think are Roman to destroy you. Um, but God will send an angel of the Lord and tell you when to come out. You may be like King David, wandering away throughout different areas, um, seeking that peace uh, from the destruction of us all. You may be, uh, you know, like Nehemiah, you may be building now and facing uh, a rebellious group that is trying to stop you from building. You may be like uh, Moses, who was taking the Israelites through the wilderness, wilderness, 
and you have went up on the mountain to be with God, and he sends you down with Ten Commandments, and someone has already uh, said, no, let's follow the golden calf. Let's build a golden, uh, melt down the gold that we have and make the calf out of it. You may be, um, you may be following after Jesus Christ, and you may have uh, 12 there that are, are faithful and uh, wanting to follow you, and then one will betray you. Um, who knows what your situation is now? But one thing I can tell you is to stand faithful in God, because mm. <laughs> when I look at the things that Paul went through, you know, mm-hmm. I, I count I count it all glory as Paul did. I count it all glory and say, mm-hmm. thank you, Lord, for taking us even this far. So we have to keep our minds steadfast upon the Lord in this hour and remain, uh, as, as he said, he said, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, and that what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, in the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Uh, are you looking for a body of Christ? Or, or are you looking for the now? Are you looking for the day? Are you looking for the week? Are you looking for the month? Are you looking for the year? What what are you looking for right now? Because, um, you know, we have clear instructions in this word of God to follow. And is it easy? No. It's not easy, but it's, it's a matter of practicing and using our faith. And not only using our faith, that means we have to do the works as well unto the glory of God. So um, I want to ask, uh, Sister Spencer, we have less than a little less than five minutes. Can you pray for us to close out? Amen. Father, we just thank you today. We praise you for the gift of unity that you have given us today. That that through the Holy Spirit that creates in our relationships, God. We just thank you um, that you have been able to work with us today by means of your Holy Spirit to be able to work with the gifts that you have blessed us with. We thank you for allowing us to be able to meet today and to be able to take in your word, God. So we just thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you, and we know that the church doesn't stand on on any one person's shoulders, God, that none of us can further your plans on our own. But we just thank you for your spirit that we can complement each other's strengths, God, and cancel all each other's weaknesses in the name of Jesus. We thank you for unifying us for the purpose of preaching the gospel, God, so that we can do great things in your honor like you have purposed for us to do, God. Thank you, God, for the ideas that you spoke on here today. Thank you for the courage of uh, the voices that uh, stood out to be heard. In each one of us, God, we just thank you that as we stand together and we speak and we work and we see our individual pieces moving together in place, that we strive to do your will, God, piece by piece until you call us home, God. Bless all of us who met together today, who were on the line and heard us on the line. Each one of us have 
a life outside of this line, God, and sometimes those hurts are very real some that we are coping with, and the needs of others we are they are in need and of your help and for you to meet them in this hour, God, so we just thank you as we bow our heads and lift up our plans to you. We pray that you bless our hearts and our minds to know that we have done well in your eyes, oh God, we pray that your assurance that we are operating within your will, God, Lord, we believe that you will provide for us. We look forward to the ways that you will surprise us and amaze us on this day, God, with your faithfulness, the lives that you will touch on today, God, the people on this line that you will use to brighten dark spaces and to lift sad hearts, God. Our passion for a discussion today, it was fueled by you, God, our Father, who with the same passion created us to be the light of the world, God, to bring life to dead places and to love to lost faces, God. Bless our work and our time. Guide our steps and our progress, God. Grant us by the power of your Holy Spirit to work together because it's impossible to see past our own human weaknesses without you, God. Bless us as we leave and depart from each other today that we take your love and your passion with us. Fan the flames as we try to inspire uh, others. Remind us of, of your love and as we see your plans unfold and accomplish the goals that we set here today, God through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us in our belief in Jesus, God. We thank you for your word as we seek you daily. Help us to grow individually and together as we seek your peace and, and we seek your presence, God. Help us to walk faithfully and fiercely after you, God, reflecting your love. And, and may we always lift up our progress to you. Anything that we do, we know that it's to the honor and to the glory. For you are the reason why we are here and you are the reason why we do what we do. Use our lives, Lord, to reach those who desperately need to know you, who want to love, to desperately need to know you and to, to know that you love them. We thank you for the time that we've had today to uh, feed on your word, to be able to uplift and inspire and encourage one another. And we do all of these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Thank you so much. Um, Next week we'll be coming back and we'll be starting back on our series, Strange Women of the Bible. And I hope that you will come and join us. Um, We do have some other uh, series that we have done. The first one was the Book of Ruth. We also ventured into Tamar, Rahab, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, Dinah, Keturah, and Esau's wife. We also talked about Potiphar's wife. So we'll be coming back again next week to join us as we continue on with the Strange Women of the Bible series. And I want to say to everyone out there, God bless you, and may he empower you sincerely and equip you for the days to come with faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yahshua HaMashiach. Great bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. and Minister Spencer. God bless. Amen. God God bless you all. Amen.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.